Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I love Aerosmith. Yeah. I like Run DMC. I hate that song. <laughs> Reggie's about to throw me out the press box. Ladies and gentlemen, if you hear a ruckus going on in the background <laughs> and you have to call 911, it's just for an ambulance because culture just been put in traction with that statement. Are you, I'm going to punch you. Are you kidding me? You just summed up what I think everybody in the world needs to learn. What you think and how you feel are two different things. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think, think I, I feel like punching you. I think <laughs> that I understand that Aerosmith and Run DMC collaborating on a top 10 hit in the early 1980s is a transcendent um, moment huge in in American pop culture and in music for sure it's just overplayed it's just not my deal okay but there's two versions of the song do you not like the uh, I like, original no I, lo- I love like the, the original I love the, the, co- the I love the, the I love the original I just think that Steven Tyler is annoying on that song that's part of his shtick. I totally know. I totally get it. Like being really cerebral is part of your shtick. Like, <laughs> you know, like it. it it's I don't what even. Makes it awesome. I don't even think I was smart enough to have a shtick. I just, I just let it rip. I finally stopped sweating. No, I was now ESPN Radio back for hour number two. <laughs> Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Hey, guess what? If you're watching on TV, if you don't see us in the studios because we're not there. We're here, Washington Grizzly Stadium. Be grateful for that. But also, guess yeah, right. <laughs> but also, guess what? If you just don't change the channel on the TV. You're going to roll with us right into the Grizz Spring Game. We're coming up. The uh, scoreboard says 59 minutes and 36 seconds. Let's go. So here we are. Uh, let's get you. Some of the boys coming out. Yeah, let's get you all set up for uh, this Grizz Spring Game. First of all, let's start at the end. First of all, there's uh, several Grizz down on the field. I just did a, uh, a triple take because A.J. Abbott, the quarterback from uh, former transfer from Oregon, he's wearing number 17. I thought to myself, because we've seen 117 here for Montana for the last four yeah. years. It's Robbie Houck. It's Robbie. Was and, like, uh, what's going R- on? Robbie Houck's about 5'9", 180, and uh, A.J. Abbott's about 6'3", 220. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, 17 grew a little bit. Oh, it's not Robbie Houck anymore. Uh, quarterbacks are here on the field. So that'll be a, a huge um, point of, of observation here at Washington Grizzly Stadium. 
Uh, they will have a uh, new starting quarterback, Lucas Johnson, graduated. Chris Brown, who has been a starter, but not necessarily the, the starter, starter for the last couple years. Uh, he is still on the team. Uh, but they did bring in Sam Vidlak, who will wear number seven in maroon tonight. Uh, he is a transfer from Oregon State by way of Boise State. He started his career at Oregon State, then played at Boise State last year, and now uh, he's here with Montana. So it's actually interesting. We're going to get to watch these guys uh, throw a little bit. I believe 16 there in white, Rajim, uh, is Caden Hewitt. So what we got in, correct. What we got in front of us here is uh, Sam Bidlack in, in uh, maroon number 7, Chris Brown in maroon number 12, A.J. Abbott in white number 17, and Caden Hewitt, the young man out of Helena, Montana, uh, he's wearing number 16 in white. Seen too much of that kid over the last couple of years. Uh, I'll right. tell you what. Uh, uh, interesting. Uh, so I want to get broad thoughts and then, and then sort of go into the, the specifics. Well, let's start with what's right in front of us. Yeah. Caden Hewitt was a great player. Absolutely. At Helena High. Killed it. I actually only got a chance to see him live three times and twice was against Sentinel, and you guys just absolutely took it to the poor kid. I mean, there was the 47-7 to game that was like, oof. Molly. And then there was the one in the playoffs where, uh, you, you, I mean, the kid, the poor kid was running for his life. He probably only had two bad games his last two years of high school, and they were both against Sentinel. Uh, but what do you think of the kid's talent? I mean, he's a guy, a guy that everybody has their, their eyes on as a Montana kid playing quarterback for the Grizzlies. He's a baller, and I, 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 I love – my favorite thing about his game is – his release, if you watch his release, it's like everyone talks about the Ken Griffey swing, you know, the, the, the Tony Gwynn swing. I love his release. I love his release point. I love the way it comes off his hands. Uh, he's just, he's smooth. He's fluid. And what I like about him, too, he's got a body that you can mold through through really good nutrition and, and, and a workout system. But he's also a very coachable kid. I, I, like, the, I like the biggest muscle on his body is the one between his ears. He comes from great pedigree. His uh, yes. old man who came out of Anaconda was a, a great player at Oregon State, uh, I believe. Um, to me, the biggest adjustment for Hewitt is that he's he's a big kid. Uh-huh. But he, he, run, he ran well for the Class AA level as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's like that, that exact tweener, though. Like, how he didn't... How well he ran at the Class AA level does not translate to Division One. No, not, right? not even in the same universe. And so that's going to be the biggest uh, mm-hmm. transition for him is because in high school, sometimes the play breaks down. Okay, he can just roll out to his right. He can extend the play a little bit. He can lower his shoulder. He's he's huge, so he's going to truck right. the double the A kid that's right in front of him. Or, you know, he can make a throw on the run. That, that stuff's just not nearly as available when you make the, the profound step up to, to the Division One level. So I think that's the, the biggest... Uh, growing spot for him. We're going to come back to the quarterbacks because we're going to give you some of the, our top players to watch in this Grizz Spring game. Yes, sir. Let's go back to the end of last year. Rajim was uh, kind enough and uh, we were lucky enough to have him rolling with us for our, our uh, complete season of our college game day pregame show yeah. before all the Grizz home games. And it's always fun to be out there at the Chamber of Commerce. It's, always, it's also always fascinating and fun to see the way momentum builds within and throughout a season. Both Montana and Montana State had excellent momentum through the first half of the season last year. Yes, sir. The Cats kept it rolling and went all the way to the Final Four of the FCS playoffs for the third year in a row. The Grizz stubbed their toe, fell into the doldrums, 
got completely derailed from what a great many people thought was true national championship expectations. They did get on track a little bit in November, but part of that was because of the poor opponents that they played. And then they go to Bozeman and get steamrolled. And then they pull one out of their hat. Credit to them, because they got a playoff win. They pulled one out of their hat against Southeastern Missouri. Yes, sir. Malik Flowers deserves more than just a little credit. A lot of credit. More than just a little credit for that one. But he he definitely sparked that one. Yes, sir. But they did get a playoff win. And then they go to Fargo, and they get steamrolled by North Dakota State. So it was sort of this dichotomous season where they were riding so high. They were number two in the country. Then they get beat at home by Idaho. They fall apart for a little while. Then they beat a couple inferior opponents. But then they get basically embarrassed by two teams that objectively they are chasing as a program in Montana State and North Dakota State. So just your synopsis of what went awry last year for the Grizz. What went awry? We couldn't stay healthy. That's part uh, of it. But that's been a trend. That's been a trend. For the right? last several years of Bobby Houck. So when you look at trends, eventually that doesn't be that becomes trends sort of become behaviors. What right. behaviors are inducing those types of trends? So when we look at the injuries, that leads to the lack of chemistry and cohesiveness being built on either side of the ball. So for me, that's what when the wheels fell off, we lost the cohesion. We lost the team unity. Not that guys weren't united, but it's hard getting into the, almost like that biorhythm with each other. Yeah. The other thing was I, I felt that there was almost too much stock put into Lucas Johnson and not enough development of his backup 100%. for 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 some assuredness. I mean, when, when, jo- when Johnson was out, that was it. They were non-functional on offense. Like I, I could not believe what I watched. I drove. Colter, you're nice. I'm going to say dysfunctional. <laughs> I mean, non-functioning, like, it means like we're not even doing anything. I, we were still trying, my, but it was dysfunctional. My poor girlfriend, who I love to death, love her more than anything in the world, and, and she she, she volunteered to, to come with me to drive down to, to Ogden, Utah. To keep your blood pressure down from to, watching these to, Mostly just to help me with the drive because it is a, you know, it's a 600-mile drive it's down there to, to Ogden. And, you know, she'll drive on the way home so I can do the work and, you know, have a Sunday together. Okay. Yeah, God bless her. But uh, we were going down there thinking we were watching a top-five showdown between Weber State and Montana. And, and it ended up a three-point game. It wasn't that close. No. Montana, uh, again, that's been the the part that's been, I think, so frustrating for people that follow this program. They have been best in the country on special teams. They have been from very good to absolutely nationally elite defensively. And they have had almost no semblance of identity and no semblance of consistency on offense, especially when the front line goes awry, right? When 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 your offensive line looks like a piece of Swiss cheese because you got glaring holes, right? you're going to have issues at the helm. But also, it beckons to your point that when Lucas, Lucas Johnson was great and then fine, and then when he was out, what's going on? And that's the part that I had to struggle with so much is – I have watched Chris Brown since he was in high school. Mm-hmm. He has an immensely gifted athlete. He's 6'4", 220. I mean, we're watching him right now. He looks the part. He's got great footwork. He can move. He's got a rocket arm. Last year, he could not function in games. No, he can move, but he couldn't move the chains. Well, that's, that's a, that is a referendum on the coaching staff more than it is the kid. I agree. A conundrum has been created. Like, you have to... Our great friend, Marty Mornaway, he said it on this show multiple times. Coach Marty said, 
they're trying to run the same system with the backup quarterback. You can't. You got to create a new system for this kid. Absolutely. And you don't have to redo the whole system, but you got to take what you have in your system that this kid does well, that makes him the number two, and do that. You can't make him try to do what Lucas Johnson does. It goes back to what we were talking about with Coach Danny Sprinkle. You have to create an environment that suits the needs of this kid to have him be comfortable. You need sub packages. You need, a, you know, you need, I'm going to call it right now, coin it right now. You need the brown bag of playbooks. Yeah. Right? Like, Thing that's going to make him comfortable, you can't ask a triangle quarterback to adhere to a circle uh, playbook. Some of it's going to ha- you know, fit in, but a lot of the overlap's going to fall onto the wayside. I also think this. I think that as somebody that's uh, covered, I-, I-, I think my docket now is this will be my 10th season covering Bobby Houck. This will be his 12th season leading the Montana Grizzlies. So very familiar with Coach Houck. Many of my great friends played for Coach Houck. My brother played for Coach Houck. So I'm very familiar with, with him and the system he runs. One of the parts of the system that has nothing to do with the X's and O's is the art of building momentum. Bobby Houck wants to play a momentum style within the scope of a single game, but he also wants to play a momentum style within the scope of a season. Last year, they had a non-conference schedule that set up for him and then a conference schedule that set up for him. And the talking point inside the program and outside the program was Montana's going to be rolling 6-0, and top two in the country, going to their road game at Sac State. As soon as it got derailed, as soon as they lost to Idaho, it all started to unravel on them. And that's my other big question is, I think, and you know this as somebody that, you know, does so much work when it comes to equity, diversity, but also just organizational management. Yes, sir. In the modern era, in the modern day, it doesn't matter what sort of organization you're talking about, a football team, a broadcasting company, a bank, an insurance company, whatever. Whatever, being able to address issues that arise unpredictably and then pivot and have new solutions is the key to everything. You have to be on your toes at all times. Like you, you got to know how to get the radio show on the air, even if you're 45 minutes behind schedule, right? Like you just have to be able to move on your toes. That's the other thing. I, I, I think that there's two, maybe outside the X's and O's and outside the the player development standpoint, I think there's two main factors that derailed the Grizz last year. One, I think they believed the whole notion that they were going to be rolling so hard and undefeated going to Sac State, and they didn't know how to readjust no. and, and re- re-prepare themselves when they lost the game before. Lacking a little fortitude. And I also think that they don't know how to pivot on the move just in general. I, I think that the stringent nature of the program is what makes it such a disciplined, hard-hitting physical style program, but I think they also have a hard time adjusting in the scope of a game, in the scope of a series, also within the scope of a season. Yeah, I would, I'm going to coin, I'm going to lump all that together and just say we lack the mental and to some degree emotional flexibility needed to kind of come back after getting punched in the mouth. We were so used to punching people in the mouth that when we sat there and got slapped back, we didn't know how to adjust, what to do with the adjustments and go forward with it. This year, some of those questions are going to be uh, definitely answered. Some of those mistakes are going to be forgotten to move forward and uh it all starts tonight in about 47 ticks on the clock colter rajiv seabrook rolling with me colter duanas here on espn radio thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your friday good friday the like real good friday for good those friday. who observe for, for everybody that, that observes uh, a a holiday certainly uh in and around the western world uh yeah. that is no make no mistake uh as a 
as a good Catholic boy like Bobby Houck is, they are playing this spring game on Good Friday intentionally so that these guys can go home for Easter. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's, that's, that's how it goes around here at Montana. So um, happy Good Friday to any and everybody that does celebrate it. Yep. Um, we're coming to you live from the Washington Grizzly Stadium press box. Our Grizz spring game coverage brought to you proudly by Town Pump. Town Pump, not only your go-to spot for fuel, but you also can get great deals on beer, wine, snacks, all sorts of stuff. Town Pumps are, are so nice these days, and they're going to have any and everything you can possibly dream of. We are watching... Like good gummy bears. That's my <laughs> Hey, they, baby. They, they always, they, that and Town Pump has the best. <laughs> I, got, I introduced to it a couple of weeks ago, Huckleberry Licorice. Ooh. And I love me some licorice, but Ooh. I've never had Huckleberry Licorice. Okay, and I was okay. like... Thanks, Town Pump. <laughs> Gotta love it. Sign up for Town Pump Rewards as well. Visit townpump.com to learn all about all that Town Pump has to offer. Uh, we're watching the quarterbacks right now here on the, the field, and um, I'm so interested in the change in offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. Tim Rosabaugh was the OC here for the first four seasons since Bobby Hawks returned, and Rosabaugh I thought was very good the first two years, and part of that was because I think he had the perfect quarterback for the system he wanted to run in Dalton Snead. The last couple years, the system seemed to lack creativity. It seemed to get stagnant, and the quarterback play was only okay, whereas it was it was pretty above average to even, some would say, great when Dalton Snead was here. Well, now, this offseason, they made a wholesale change across the board. Most of the coaches at Montana are going to be coaching a new position. Uh, our good buddy Justin Green is sort of the one guy that gets to be the stalwart that's still just coaching his spot. He's coaching running backs. He's a recruiting coordinator. He's had that job for, shoot, since I was in college. So, he's. He, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He's done a great job doing that. But we're watching Brent Pease as the uh, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach down here. Easy peasy. Right now. And Pease, on paper, has great pedigree as an offensive coordinator. He's been the OC at Kentucky and Baylor and Florida and Boise State. Uh, he worked with Kellen Moore when Kellen Moore was one of the all-time leading quarterbacks in the history uh, of college football in terms of wins. Pease himself, though, was also a great quarterback. He was sort of one of the first great quarterbacks at Montana, uh, it, it, one of Don Reed's first great quarterbacks in the late 80s, and then he came back to Montana after his pro career ended. He was Dave Dickinson's quarterback's coach in the mid-'90s, became the OC for Montana for a couple years. So what are your expectations for Pease in general? And, and uh, if you were king of the world for the day, what what sort of advice would you give him in terms of the sort, style of offense that Montana should run? I'm the king of the world every day, but only in my <laughs> world, right? Only in my world, hey, that's in the right, shower, baby. when I'm accepting Grammys for that good singing. Um, <laughs> I What I expect is, you know, and I know Coach Easy Peasy, he's, he's, he's focused, he's determined. I sat down at a dinner table a couple of weeks ago, and you can just, the way he was speaking to and about things, uh, it's... I think we're going to see some improvements and some uptick in the quality uh, coming out of the position of quarterback. He has five options to work through with, in, and around. It'll be interesting to see which guy comes out of the the pack, so to say, uh, 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 as the top dog. But uh, I just think They're they're practicing something right now that I've not seen. There's no offensive lineman on the field, but Brent Pease is serving as the de facto center, and they are taking basically what amounts to snaps from under center. 
We haven't seen a snap under center since uh, Coach Out came back, which is crazy if you covered Coach Out the first time around. You would have thought that that would never be the case. They were under center half the time. Absolutely. Well, you know, what they're doing right now is they're assessing other things. Uh, you know, Sands the center, looking at the footwork, looking at release points, looking at uh, how do they gather themselves uh, as they're coming out of a rollout. Just, you know, all the little things that, you know, people never get to see but wonder why they do it. And uh, I just love watching it because it just shows progression after every rep. Well, Jim Seabrook, Jeremy Meek, Coulter Nuanas here on Nuanas Now, coming to you live from Washington Grizzly Stadium, leading up to the Grizz spring game. Thank the town pump. I love, for uh, their support. Sorry, I just love what Pease is doing. He didn't like something that he saw, and he stopped the guy midway through the rep being like, no, man, get back and do it the right way. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about, those intangibles. It's the stu- this is the stuff you never see in a media guy. This is the stuff we don't get to talk about or you see on television. And right there was just, you know, giving my words credence about Pease. ATD, baby, pay attention to those details. If I was king of the day for a minute. You are. Uh, Nuanas is king for something <laughs> in some language. Um, I think that it's so funny because the way that football is spun to the masses Mm -hmm. is that it's unbelievably complicated. There's certainly a lot of details in football that are complicated. It takes a lot of practice. There's There's a reason you practice for nine and a half months to play 11 games. There's a reason for that. But... It's also sometimes simpler than people want to give it credit for. Agreed. Because there, there's the there's the specifics of the details, mm-hmm. but then there's the broad concepts. What I think that Montana's biggest offensive hurdle has been is a fundamental lack of identity. You watch Montana State, what do they do? They run outside zone. That's what they do. They run the ball. They they run the ball 60 times a game. And run Every, it hard. Everybody knows it. They run the ball. That's what they do. Every team, pregame, in-game, post-game, they say, we knew what they, what they do. We couldn't stop them. Bobby Houck said, quote, after the game, we knew that they have a hard time throwing the ball. We knew it. They know it. We couldn't stop it because they have an identity. North Dakota State. They run pro-style offense. They run A-gap power right at your face, and they're going to run QB waggle, but you know exactly what they're doing. Eastern Washington. They're five wide, throwing the ball all over the place. Spread it out, baby. Spread. They have an identity. Yes, sir. Montana has no offensive identity. What is their identity, right? So they need to define an identity, number one. Two, they got to understand... You got to create an identity. Finding means you're looking elsewhere. No, that's right. You that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You find it. And I also think that uh, if it was up to Bobby Houck, yes, sir, their identity would be as a power run team because that's what they were the first time around. Mm-hmm. But Chase Reynolds and Lex Hilliard aren't lining up Ain't back here, there. Baby. They got good running backs, but they got way more modern style, athletic scat back type guys. You got to get on the edge. You got to get them out in space. Modern college football is, this is what I'm talking about, when it's not as complicated people want to think. Modern college football is about getting your athletes in space and making the defensive players make a mistake. That's what it is. Get somebody in space, make somebody miss. Yes, sir. Get to the edge. So that's, if, if, I'm, if I'm king of the world for a day, rather than ruminating over my script and this leads to that, when it comes down to the big time plays, when it comes down to your third and longs, you gotta truly understand that you got some of the best athletes in the big sky. 
Montana does not have an issue in terms of their talent and athleticism at the skill positions. No, sir. On this football team. No, sir. You got to figure out a way to get Junior Berg in the ball in space. You got to figure out a way to give Cole Grossman the ball up the seam. You got to figure out a way to get Aaron Fonts in a one on one on the outside. Yeah. I mean, you were an offensive coordinator. I know it's it's apples to oranges because we're talking about freshman football compared to Division One football, but like you're trying to get your dude the ball in space, right? You're trying to get your guys isolated against mismatches. Absolutely. And I, I just think that Montana has made it too complicated the last couple of years. Just get your dudes the ball in space. Yeah, man. It's with Keyshawn. What does Keyshawn say? It's like the reverse Keyshawn Johnson. Just get them the darn ball. Put it in them. Let them work their magic. It's uh, it'll be interesting to see what iteration of Grizz football we get this year. We'll see if we have some identity forming, or it could be we could see it tonight, Colter. The beginning of of what's to come. If anything, not for anything else, we have some foreshadow football on 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 tap tonight. We will give you the players and position groups that we will have our eyes on. Plus, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the NFL as well. Rolling hard, rolling fast. Only 38 minutes and one second to go until the Grizz spring game live from Washington Grizzly Stadium. Don't change that dial. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. One, two, three. What is now on ESPN Radio. I'm just catching up on this, but Rory McIlroy is going to miss the cut at the Masters? Whew. That ain't good for my bets. <laughs> Welcome back. At least I put money on Brooks Kepka. Swans now, ESPN Radio. Masters weekend, Easter weekend, and uh, Grizz spring game weekend as well. We are coming to you live from Washington Grizzly Stadium here uh, on the University of Montana campus. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Nuanez now, co-hosted today by Rajim Seabrook, our great buddy, and uh, hey, one of our favorite co-hosts around here. He joins us. Uh, this time of year, weekly, which is a very good thing, and uh, we're working on making sure that's a permanent thing as well. Oh, we're about wow. 32 minutes away from kickoff kickoff of the Grizz Spring Game. They're showing all the highlights up on the Jumbotron. It's a fa- fascinating montage of the Grizz season because uh, we are to the point now in the highlights where it's starting to go awry. Like the, They showed the first five games with the highlights. Grizz are pounding people. Then Idaho State rolls around, and they squeak out a win in Pocatello, but it's still a win. Now they're showing the Idaho highlights, which was the first of what became five losses last season uh, for the Grizz, which was uh, unexpected, to be sure. I'm just jealous because the weather on this video is warmer than the weather we're having right now. No question. It's gorgeous. <laughs> this, wow, I'm, I miss shorts. 
<laughs> it's coming back around. Here's your leaderboard for the Masters. Here's your top ten quickly before we talk some more spring football. Brooks Kepka, first round 65, second round 67. Lighten it up. He is a villain now that he's on the live tour, but he don't care. 12 under, three ahead of John Rahm. Rahm's through nine today, and uh, he's at minus nine. Sam Bennett, back-to-back 68s. How about this kid? This kid's an amateur. He won the U.S. amateur. He's not even in the top ten amateurs in the country. He comes into this thing as, like, the fourth amateur in this field, and yet he's in third place at at minus eight. I don't even know what the scenario is if an amateur was to win the Masters. I don't even know if you're allowed to do that, but if that happened, that would be nuts. But we still got two more days of golf left. Colin Morikawa, back-to-back 69, so he sits at minus six. Victor Hovland is also at minus six. Uh, he's won over today after firing a first-round uh, 65, but he has uh, a whole back nine uh, for um, to play. And I, thank you, Andrew. Andrew texts in, Masters was suspended because of weather. I was wondering how we're sitting here at 530. They still got guys that haven't finished the, the round yet today because they're on uh, East Coast time. So uh, it's 730 in Augusta, Georgia. So... Uh, regardless, the rest of your top ten, uh, Victor Hovland at minus six, Jason Day, Sam Burns, Jordan Spieth, and Cameron Young all sit at minus five. Then Gary Woodland, Phil Mickelson, Joaquin Neiman, Justin Rose, Russell Henley, Shane Lowry, and Adam Scott all at minus four. So you got 18 guys that are four uh, under, right, or at least four under right now. Um, Andrew says, Multiple gigantic pine trees came down. I did not see any of this. Uh, I was fully uh, play through. Yeah, right. I, I was uh, I was fully uh, out today on my master's highlights. So uh, there you go. Uh, that's your leaderboard. How did you do today on the links? Speaking of the master's. Oh board. man, lit it so good. Loved talk, it. Talk to them. It's that time of year. What's up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, great, great first round. Which means it's uh, it's certainly uh, all downhill. From here, um, let's talk. First of all, I, I heard an interesting talking point today while I was driving around. Oh, kick it! Cam Newton first was shopping himself to try to get into a, a quarterback competition to be a starting quarterback. Now he's reconciled himself, and his agent has put it out there that he's willing to be a backup. <laughs> the talking heads on ESPN Radio, though, were talking about how Cam Newton is certainly nowhere close to good enough to be a starting quarterback. In the NFL. I thought that was a fascinating deal. I know Cam Newton's not Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert or, you know, Jalen Hurts. He's certainly not even Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins or, uh, you know, even those middle-tier guys. Danny Dimes. Uh, isn't isn't Cam Newton better than, like, Tyler Huntley? If Lamar Jackson's out in Baltimore, are they really going to roll with Snoop Huntley? Is Cam Newton better than that, or is he not? Am I just... Uh, I think his inability to run the way he used to to escape uh, pressure or just create uh, opportunities in the pocket was such a big part of his game. Not having that makes him, you know, 1.5 dimensional. Um, I'm not certain that he is able to play in today's game. If he's able, I mean, the, the guy's always had a strong arm. If he can be a pocket passer, then then go with it. I say try it out. My problem is is his play isn't uh, starter caliber, but his ego remains intact as a starter. And uh, as we know with Cam Newton's ego, that's going to uh, that will hurt to hinder. There you are. 
We're uh, we're in the press box. Andrew just wanted to see your beautiful face. Here we are, back on the Skype. Uh, let's talk about what we're going to see here uh, in less than 30 minutes, 27 minutes to be exact, for the beginning of the Grizz football spring game. It's not just the quarterbacks on the field now. Now everybody is out on the field doing warm-ups, and I got about half of them in maroon, half of them in white. Uh, what are the what are the main things or people or, or position groups or, or whatever that you're going to be watching here today? I'm looking for three things today, Coulter. Uh, I'm looking to see who kind of uh, holds my eye and attention at quarterback. I'm going to be watching coaches, uh, coach in new positions. How are they making adjustments? And then for me, uh, the game, I don't care who the wide receiver is running back or quarterback is. If the, uh, if the, if the O-line's not holding their water, the, it, it all goes for, goes for naught. So I'm looking to see how that O-line moves as a unit, not necessarily individual pieces, but just how's the footwork, how's the hand placement, where are those punches coming from? Because uh, I like games in the trenches. When Bobby Houck first returned to Montana, he was very forthcoming in what he felt was the, the weaknesses of the of the football team. He said, "We have uh, problems on the offensive line. We have problems uh, at the in the defensive, very specifically at cornerback, and we have problems in the depth at linebacker." Mm-hmm. Well, they instantly addressed the problems with depth at linebacker. That's been a Bobby Houck specialty uh, during the duration of his career. They they have been so tremendously good at uh, identifying and then developing mostly in state. Linebackers that uh, they can get for you know pretty bargain price in terms of scholarship. They bring them in, they develop them, and here they go. I mean, a couple years ago it was you know how do you replace Dante Olson and Jace Lewis? Well, that was just fine last year. You had you know Patrick O'Connell and Marcus Wellnell and and uh, you know guys that are potentially NFL prospects. Mm-hmm. I think that, again this year they'll they'll probably reload a linebacker again. They got talented guys in the program like uh, Missoula Big Sky product Levi Janicaro, Missoula, Missoula Oilo product. Uh, Ryan Tyrrell. Rye, Rye, my guy. Missoula Big Sky product, Tyler Flake. I mean, you know, you just see a trend here. You got guys that are hometown walk ons that then become, you know, starters and, and potentially all Big Sky players. So they fixed the depth at linebacker. They also fixed the depth at corner, but that's also a question mark coming into this deal uh, because that fixed depth at corner, uh, they have had some attrition there with guys like Justin Ford and Omar Hicks Onu uh, graduating. So uh, that's somewhere to watch for sure. But the offensive line is the most fascinating one to me. The, the offensive line was, was shaky at best when they first took over, and I thought that that would be the number one spot where Bobby Houck's return would then accelerate that position back to an elite level. Mm-hmm. It hasn't. Mm-mm. Montana's offensive line has been uh, slightly above average at best, and I would say shaky uh, most often over the last handful of years. Yes, sir. They return the vast majority of their offensive line. A.J. Forbes is back for his third year as a starter at center. Uh, they have Brandon Casey back for a second straight year starting to right tackle. Chris Walker is back for uh, his seventh year of college football, but his second year as a starting left tackle at Montana. Mm-hmm. Journey Grimsrud was sort of a breakout player after transitioning from the defensive line and starting the second half of the year at offensive guard. Where are we at with the Montana offensive line, though? Because they shook it up. I mean, they're going to have multiple offensive line coaches now with uh, Chad Germer working with the centers and guards and Rob Fennessey working with the tackles and tight ends. 
they've done some things to try to you know gain some progress, but they haven't been able to really make that many waves in terms of progressing. Where are we at with the Grizz offensive line? I don't know where we're at. You know, there was a there was a time when the offensive line, believe it or not, was the most feared unit on this team. Well, that's I mean that's and, uh, absolutely and, and historically speaking, and you know where those big farm bread, cornbread, milk drinking at three o'clock in the morning, dudes, and we we we've got to get back to where's our identity and I love where you said that Coulter because there's several positions on this team right now that lack identity from within that take away the identity of the entire team and program so for me the hog mollies the big uglies you know the the the, the swine up front they've they've got to put the hands down in the dirt and tromp it out and see what comes out of it um, a lot of it is the mentality and positional varietals of the offensive line are kind of in, in flux right now you don't have the big maulers you're not playing power football so uh, the whole uh, athlete within the offensive line is I think in a transition phase right now across the board it's so interesting to compare and contrast because there is the the part of the storyline about the offensive line in which a lot of those great offensive linemen that were so dominant that you're referring to at Montana... Yes, sir. ...were from Montana. Mm-hmm. The state of Montana itself is just not producing Division One caliber offensive linemen very often anymore. And a lot of times when they do, a lot of the Dylan Rollins of the world from Missoula Sentinel, Jacob Anderson from Billings totally. West, these guys are going to the, going to a higher level of, of college football. They're going FBS. Yes, sir. But I, I don't still think that that can be your excuse if you're Montana because that same phenomenon exists across the state of Montana, yet who has the best offensive line in the conference? Montana State. And, and they don't have homegrown offensive linemen, although they do have a couple right now. Justice Perkins, one of the best centers in the league, hails from Bozeman. Marcus Weir, uh, probably going to be uh, uh, at least a, a plus offensive lineman, if not a, a fantastic offensive lineman this year coming back from an injury, and he's out of Billings. Uh, but they you know, have also found guys like Rush Reimer uh, from Washington or J.T. Reed from the junior college ranks or you know, whoever else you might plug in there. So I don't think that the lack of in-state products to try to develop is an excuse anymore. And so then I just I wonder, what's your take on the co-offensive line coach? They needed to make some moves for sure. Is having multiple voices in the room from a coaching perspective an adequate solution for the Grizz offensive line? You know, I'm, I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to liken it to what Dane Oliver and, and my co-coaches do over at Sentinel High School. Sure. When you are able to get point-specific, uh, individualized coaching for your specific position, it helps. You're getting that yeah. attention. You're able to ask the questions. You're able to have your questions answered. I liken it to a classroom where the teacher ratio, it's a it's a better student-to-teacher ratio. And this case it's a better player to coach ratio and when you're able to build that relationship while fulfilling that role progress will be made across the board i'm just so interested to see though what it does to the communication i'm sure they have a strategy for that but to me being a unit that's together and acting in unison is a key and so i just i i have not had a chance to see montana practice since they uh, embarked on this new strategy of having multiple offensive line coaches. Yes, so I don't know how they're, they're going about cultivating that sort of stuff. But to me, just being on the same page, having each other's backs, playing for each other, that's the key to offensive line play. Mm-hmm. I'm just so curious today to see how they go about uh, enacting that. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, although not in studio today because we are here at Washington Grizzly Stadium leading up to the Grizz Spring Game. Kickoff here about 20 minutes from Wash Grizz. So thanks so much for hanging out with us here 
on your Friday, then into the stretching portion. So we'll have uh, some real football action here uh, coming up sooner than later. Uh, let's take one more break, and then we'll give you some a couple other things uh, that we'll have our eye on here uh, to get you all set up for this Grizz spring game. Back after this, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Dancing on the Skype. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. We're rolling down here at Washington Grizzly Stadium. 15 minutes to kick off of the Grizz Spring Game. And about seven minutes left of this fine award-winning radio show. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. No matter where you're coming in listening we got listeners around the globe i really love looking at the podcast analytics seeing some of the people in germany and turkey and south america it's cool very gratifying thanks so much for spending time with us i'm colter nuanas rajim seabrook both of us uh chilling here at washington grizzly stadium the uh the sun is not quite setting but it's not quite as sunny as it was earlier but still a pleasant day down here it ain't snowing at washington grizzly stadium we, we beggars can't be choosers we'll take it where we can get it yes sir uh grizz will commence uh their spring game here uh pretty sh- shortly if you missed anything in today's show we talked all sorts of things danny sprinkle out at montana state on the way to utah state five years nine hundred thousand dollars a year guaranteed Hard to turn that mm. down. Impossible to turn that down, in fact. So Danny Sprinkle will be head coach in the Mountain West next year. We also talked about Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark, and Race in America. A very uh, interesting conversation. We also gave you some news briefs from around the world of the coaching ranks at the high school and college level uh, here in the state of Montana. We've been talking Grizz football, Grizz offense, Big Sky football, all the above. All of it can be found on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. All right, about, I don't know, five, six minutes left here, Rajim. Uh, any specific individuals you're going to be watching here? You've, you've coached some of these guys, so that, that's have, always uh, that's always some eyes on some guys, right? Well, you know, like you said, Ryan Tyrrell, greatly interested in him. Love him, love his mom, and, you know. For he, he should get some elevator reps, too, because he, he was kind of like a 2-3 last year, uh, yep. but they have a couple linebackers moving up, so he's probably in the mix there for, like, a one, two, and uh, in these spring games, it's a lot of times those guys that are like the two, hovering there with the twos, they're going to get the most amount of reps. So I expect a lot of reps for the Missoula Loyola uh, product. Absolutely. Big Rye Rye out there wearing my favorite number, 44. That was hey. my jersey number. And then, honestly, I'm looking to see what uh, Sam Sammy V has got to do. Yeah, Sam Goodlack, yep. Uh, I'm, I, again, sat down at a dinner table with him. Very affable young man. Married already. Yep. Smart, and has definitely got his uh, proverbial poop in a group. So I'm waiting to see how he uh, translates to wearing this beautiful maroon and silver today. And then, honestly, what we're going to see on special teams, you lost some dudes. Um, you lost some dudes to, to 
it's a graduation. You lose some guys due to just moving on in life. And, you know, Bobby is a big special teams guy. So kind of seeing how that, as you would say, that nationally intimidating uh, unit uh, uh, performs going forward. I'm interested to see what the pecking order looks like at running back. Uh, they return a lot of talent there. Nick Osmo kind of became the breakout star there for a little while, but then he's had a hard time staying healthy the last couple of years. A lot of people have their eyes on uh, Eli Gilman from uh, out of Minnesota, out of the Minneapolis area, who was the Minnesota Player of the Year. He was a guy that redshirted last year. Can he find his way onto the field? But then you also have proven guys like Xavier Harris, uh, Isaiah Childs. So they, they do have depth at running back. I like I see. But, like, the Grizz have a lot of running back options. They need one of those guys to step up and be elite, though, right? They need a guy that could be a 1,200-yard rusher. Having a bunch of guys who are all okay doesn't get you anywhere. If you have one great guy and then a whole bunch of okay guys, then you actually have running back depth. I love having guys, but you know what we need? We need the dude. Dudes, right. We need a dude. Like, all these guys are great guys. We need the dude. So it would be interesting to see uh, the culling start tonight and uh, the men separate from the boys. He mentioned the uh, the special teams element as well. Yes, sir. Boy Flowers, one of the great returners in the history of the Big Sky Conference, in the history of FCS, FCS football. football yeah. Who is standing in there at kick return? That's going to be interesting. I, I think that they have punt returns uh, absolutely locked up if Junior Bergen is healthy. Uh, sources say he's not going to get many reps, if any reps, tonight here in this game, but he's going to be the, the punt returner for sure uh, next year if, if he's healthy. Who's the guy that's bringing the kicks back, though? That's an interesting one because there's a lot of different candidates. I want to see if Aaron Fonz can find his way onto the field. Uh, he's a guy that I think that could fill a multitude of roles. Uh, he's an exceptionally talented kid, former three-star recruit out of Oxnard, California, who originally committed to Colorado State before flipping here to come with his high school buddy, Xavier Harris. And I also want to see how the, uh, the, the depth at tight end looks. I, I do think that they need to... First of all, prioritize getting the ball to Cole Grossman more. Yes. But also, they had so much success the first couple years of Bobby Houck's return with those multiple tight end sets, specifically that three tight end set. Now, part of that was because they were shorthanded on the offensive line. But I do think multiple uh, diverse personnel packages on both sides of the football, but particularly on offense, can really help you. And so I want to see who else is there at tight end. The thing I'm looking at defensively, one, corners. You lose Justin Ford, that's a huge loss. Can Corbin Walker step up and be that that number one dude? Uh, that'll be an interesting fold. Is there any other freshman that can step up? I, Dylan Simmons is a kid who was really highly recruited out of Louisiana. He was once upon a time committed to Florida State. So, you know, can he fulfill that pedigree? And who else kind of finds their way on the field at corner? The other thing I'm going to be looking at, though, is the Grizz defensive line has been sort of a sacrificial position. Those guys are twisting and stunting, but they're doing it to get the linebackers and the safeties open in space, and all the tackles have gone to the linebackers and the safeties over the last couple years in this system. But you talk about the guys Montana loses on his defense. Patty O'Connell. Patty O'Connell, Marcus Wellnell, Justin Ford. Those are all American-type guys. Alex Gubner has been a dude since he first stepped onto campus as a freshman. Can he embrace, though, being not a dude but the dude? Can he embrace being the alpha of the defense? Also, though, how much does the system cater to him making plays? That'll be interesting as well. And then where does Montana fabricate a pass rush? Uh, That'll be, I think, uh, a huge factor, too. We'll have a full recap plus uh, reactions out of this game. 
on Monday. But we appreciate the University of Montana for hosting us down here. We also appreciate Town Pump for bringing us uh, to this uh, spring game and for being our presenting sponsor of this spring game coverage and uh, of the spring game coverage coming up later on this month uh, at Montana State. You can find everything from today's show on the Nuanas Now podcast, and uh, you can find reactions, analysis, all of it on Monday uh, at 4 p.m. Thanks to Andrew Houghton and Tommy Evans and the guys in the back for helping us uh, get the radio show uh, on the radio, as it were. And also, if you need something else to do uh, this weekend, Grizzly Cross is in town. They got a game down at the Fort tonight and a game here at Washington Grizz tomorrow morning. We will be back at it at 4 p.m. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Friday. Thanks to Town Pump for bringing us down here, and thanks to you for listening along. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.